Welcome. You are listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. We invite you to join us online or in person for one of our services. For more information about our church, please visit day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life. You can tell we're doing a series in the book of Romans, if you happen to be here for the first uh, Sunday. Uh, last week, we were in uh, the first part of Romans chapter 10. We're going to finish up uh, Romans chapter 10 uh, today. Uh, the main theme that Paul is dealing with in this part of Romans is the sovereignty of God. And uh, God sovereignly <clears throat> calls people to himself, but he also, based on his own sovereign will, allows people to say no. Uh Israel, as a nation, as a whole, said no to Jesus to start with. Uh, and while God is sovereign, He loves you, He sent His Son to die on the cross for you, He also will allow you to say no if you keep saying no to Him. I would not suggest that because you would not like the outcome, but He will allow you to do that. So we looked last week about receiving Jesus or rejecting Jesus, Paul let us know the primary reason why people reject Jesus is basically this. They're trying to establish their own righteousness. That's what he said in verse 3 of Romans 10. People are trying to work it out themselves. They're trying to establish their own righteousness. Uh, next slide, guys. Uh, down to the verse, verse 3 and verse 4. Uh, all that. I'm jumping ahead of them trying to save some time uh, right now. Verse 4 uh, said this, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. People are trying to seek their own righteousness, trying to go through works somehow to think they can obey the law well enough. But, but Paul tells us this, here's how the law is fulfilled. Jesus did it. He's the fulfillment of righteousness for us. You, you even heard that in Regina's testimony. God calls us righteous when we trust in Christ. He, he gave us the, the pathway to receiving Christ also, not only talking about rejecting Christ, but he talked about how to receive Christ in, in Romans chapter 10. Because look what he writes in, in these verses. Verse 9 through 10, he says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, God makes you a promise. What does it say? You, what? Will be saved. Not might be, not call upon me and believe upon me and then be good enough. He says you will be saved. For he said, with the heart one believes and is justified, made just like you never sinned. With the mouth one confesses and is saved. And then in verse 13 he said, for everyone, not just the Jew but the Gentile, both for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. What does it say again? Will be saved. Once again, a promise from God. So he talks about how people reject Jesus because they're trying to establish their unrighteousness. Then he tells us how to, to receive Christ. And then what Paul does, I think, in the rest of Romans chapter 10 is tell us who know Christ that we need to share Christ. We need to be telling other people about Jesus. So what we're going to talk about today is sharing Christ or refusing Christ. We need to, to share Christ. There's several reasons why. And, and we're going to look at several reasons in, in just a moment. But uh, 
the, the first point, if you're following along in your blanks, is simply that, reasons for sharing the, uh, the message of Christ. Look at verse 14 through 17. It says, but how are they to call on him in whom they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. He tells us how to be saved. We're to confess with our mouth. We're to believe in our heart. In Jesus. And he tells us that we, that we will be saved. And while that's great news for all of us who have done that, for all of us who know Christ as Savior, the, the truth of the matter is there are a lot of people that don't know him. <laughs> we, we, we have been left in this world as believers, not just to sit here and say, well, I believed in Jesus and one day when I die, I'm going to heaven. And that, and that's all we think. We, he has left us here for a purpose. He, he has left us here so we can share this message. He gave us a message of salvation in the verse, verses previous to this. Now he tells us we're under an obligation to share. We, we need to be telling other people. He, he also told us in, in earlier, in, earlier in Romans 10, he said, whoever believes in him will not be uh, put to shame. So by believing in Jesus, there will never be a day that you'll be ashamed standing before holy God that you trusted in Jesus. But maybe tweak that a little bit and say it like this. If you have trusted in Jesus, we should not be ashamed of him. We, we ought to be willing to tell other people. Now specifically, Paul's talking about the Jews here. And, and we ought to be willing to share the gospel with Jewish people, with those who are of the nation of Israel, because they are still kind of trying to work it out, except those that have believed in Jesus, who are called Messianic Jews, but others are still kind of trying to figure out how, by the law and everything like that, or ritual and, and all, they can work out their salvation. And you and I ought to willingly share the gospel with anyone who is Jewish, because think about how you and I have benefited through the Jewish race. My goodness, we have the scriptures because God gave them through the Jews. We have the Savior because the Messiah was sent through the Jews. So you and I who are saved because of the scriptures and because of the Savior, man, we ought to, out of appreciation, be willing to share the gospel with those who are of Israel. That's specifically what he's talking about. But generally, <laughs> we ought to share the gospel with anyone and everyone. We, we ought to share the message of Jesus with others. Here's several reasons why. Number one, there are people who have not called on Jesus. This is going to be pretty simple, guys. I'm just going to give you the things that Paul actually said in the text because I really think that's all we need to know today because he tells us really why you and I ought to be sharing the message, why we ought to share the gospel with others. First one is simply this. There are people who have not called. That's implied by what's said in the first part of verse 14. But how are they to call on him? He's implying that some have not called. How are they to call on him. You realize that we have people all around us every day of our lives who have never, ever called upon Jesus. 
There are people possibly in your own home, people in your family, people you work with, people you meet at the marketplace, people just out in the community, your neighbors out wherever you are. There are people who have never, ever called on Jesus. They could be part of the everyone of Romans 10, 13. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But they are not because they've not called. This passage of Scripture that we're looking at today is, is a passage that the church has kind of uh, notoriously, uh, and for good reason, used to talk about sending missionaries out. And we should send missionaries. We should support missions. We should send missionaries to foreign soil. But it's more than just us sending missionaries. We are to be missionaries. Right where we are, right in our communities, wherever you find yourself, you ought to view yourself as a missionary who has been sent there in that place to where you can tell Jesus, tell them about Jesus. Because here's the reason why their people haven't called on Him. That's the first reason. Second reason why is this. There are also people who have not believed in Jesus for salvation. He goes on and he said they've not called, and here's why, in whom they've not believed. And he said in verse 16, but they have not obeyed all, obeyed the gospel for Isaiah says, Lord, who has, uh, who has believed what he has heard from us? Though the word that he uses for believe basically just means to, to put credence in or give credit to or to entrust. It's used especially in the New Testament to talk about us entrusting our eternal destiny by faith to Jesus. There are people who have not done that. There are people who have not believed. And the reason they have not believed or called upon him is simply because they have not believed the message. Think about it. Why do you, why would you call on someone if you don't believe they're real? Huh? Look, look at what Hebrews tells us in, in that light. Hebrews chapter 11 says, Without faith it's impossible to please him, but notice the underlying part. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists. Is that pretty logical? Why in the world would you draw near to someone you don't think exists to start with? Why would people call upon him if they don't believe he's authentic and they don't believe he's real? That's why we need to be sharing the message of Christ. People are not calling and they're not calling upon him because they have not believed. Isaiah, he quotes from Isaiah 53, 1. And he says, who has believed what they have heard from us? More or less, Isaiah is saying this, God, you sent me, and I've been telling them, 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 but a lot of them are believing. He said, I've been telling what you told me to say, but they are not believing. There was a failure in the nation of Israel at that time to listen to Isaiah. And there's a failure in our culture today for people to listen to the gospel. That's why we need to be proclaiming it to them. And what do we tell them? Verse 17, I'll deal with it more in detail in a few moments, but verse 17 tells us how they get faith. Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of what? Christ. Through the Word of God. That's how they, that's how they get faith. But us giving them the Word of God. They, they don't necessarily get faith because we decide to have a nice church service or build a church building or have music or whatever the case is, you know, or, or throw donuts or bagels or whatever we've got out on the table and coffee. All that is nothing wrong with doing that. All that's fine. But what gives people faith is the Word of God. For them to hear the Word of Christ and hear about Christ. There are people who have not called. The reason they're not called is because they've not believe so we need to be sharing with them third reason why we ought to uh, be sharing the gospel is this and telling others there are people who've not heard the true message 
of salvation. He said, and how are they to believe in him and whom they have never heard? The word heard doesn't mean necessarily it's never been across their ears at all, their physical hearing. It, it, it really means this. It, it means that, that they have heard, but they have not responded to the significance of the words. They have physically heard the message, but they've not realized that the words in the message require response. And, and there are people all around us in our culture that that's true of. And, and, and in another light also, especially guys in this area, and I'm not trying to shoot you this area, I've lived here for several years now. Uh, the area I'm from was also like this. I'm afraid there are a lot of people who have never really heard the authentic gospel because somehow if we're not careful in our, in our church settings, we'll make it sound like, yes, you, you believe in Jesus, you have to have faith in Jesus, and, and righteousness comes through believing in Jesus, but in a practical way, we'll also act like, but you have to dress like we dress, and look like we look, and cut your hair the way we want you to cut your hair, and carry the version of the Bible that you're supposed to carry, and jump through all of our hoops. So it, it's like we give a mixture to people, and we, we tell them it's, it's Jesus, and Jesus, Jesus, Jesus died on the cross for their sins. They have to believe in Him. But if we're not careful in a practical way, it's like we're also telling them, but you also have to live up to all this. You heard Regina give the testimony earlier when she's up here at the front. The moment we call out to God with faith in Jesus, He makes us, calls us righteous. We don't earn it. We don't keep our salvation by trying to earn it. It's all involved in, in total faith in Jesus. And that means you have to come to the place that you quit trying to earn it and you exercise faith in Jesus only for your salvation. There, there are people who have not heard the, the true message of the gospel all around us in the communities that we live who somehow think it's still based upon what they do themselves. And, and that's why we need to be sharing the gospel because there are people who haven't really heard the true message. Next reason why we need to share the, the gospel that Paul gives us is this. There are people who are not sharing because there are people who should be sharing and they're not sharing the message of salvation. That's why we ought to be sharing it. He said in the last part of verse 14, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? Now, the word that's translated preaching here means to, to herald, especially divine truth of the gospel, to proclaim or, or publish it. But the, the word that's translated preaching does not exclusively mean that, that someone is standing up here in a, quote, pulpit area and, and they're preaching a message like that. I've, I've walked in circles before. I, I alluded last week to some of my circles uh, early on in the ministry and, and things like that. And, and I've walked in circles before to where uh, it, it was made to sound like almost, well, it, you know, it, the, the, that people can't get saved at all without like being in a church service and hearing someone stand up here and preach. And, and you know, and the idea was almost, you know, kind of like this. Preaching is, uh, is someone shouting, getting red faced, looking mad, sucking air, and they're spitting over the first three or four rows. 
Now, I'm not trying to minimize that if that's someone's style, if that's how they have been called to proclaim the gospel, because they can also proclaim the gospel. But I am telling you, that is not the only way that the gospel is proclaimed. That's not what the word preaching means here. It simply means to tell somebody the message of Jesus. That's what it means. You can do it loud or you can do it soft. You can do it with a song or it can be done with a message. You can lean over and whisper into somebody's ear the gospel message. And that's what Paul is talking about here. He's talking about people have not believed because they have not been told. And there are people who are not sharing the message of salvation. And many don't share the message of salvation because they've got in their mind, well, I'm not being called to do it. I'm not a preacher or I'm not a missionary when the truth of the matter is this. The Bible says every child of God is called to proclaim the gospel. We are all called to share about Jesus. You don't have to stand up here and be ordained to proclaim the message. That's not what he is talking about at all. He's talking about sharing the message of the gospel. The problem we have, I think, in in this day and time, in this church and in most churches. I'll just be clear, I'm talking about all churches, but I think this church too. Is that there are too many Christians who have never, ever, ever told anybody about Jesus. Now, before you pass that off to somebody else, will you stop and ask yourself a question? When was the last time I shared the gospel with an individual. Can you remember the name? Who was it? Who was the last person that you shared the gospel with? You see, that ought to make it pretty clear in your mind and in your heart, maybe where you stand in this thing of sharing the gospel, because if you're sitting there having a brain cramp, well, I almost said brain something else. <laughs> But I will say this, if you're having to sit there and think and think and think and think, it stinks a little bit that you don't know when the last time was you shared the gospel. Because there's an obligation placed upon us that we need to be sharing the gospel message. And if you can't remember when or who it was, that ought to tell you you've got a problem. Well, pastor, I'm afraid. What if I tell them and, and, they, and they say no? Listen, you're not accountable for how they respond. You're only accountable to tell them the message. I can't help how they respond. I can't save anybody. All I can do is be obedient and tell them the message. Now, I've had some people push back before with, you know, when, when I'm talking about something like this, about the need to proclaim the, the gospel, and some people will come up with, with something like this. Well, I do, but the way I do it is I live it in front of people. And they can see the way that I live, and that proclaims the gospel message. Well, I, I've got a news notice for you, a news flash. Christianity is not a modeling agency. A modeling agency, you know what a modeling agency is. You see the models on TV, on the walk, and everything else, how they pose. Oh, I, I look like a model. But Christianity is not a modeling agency. 
Yes, we ought to model Christianity. Yes, we ought to live it in our lives. But we have to go beyond that, folks. We have to proclaim and tell people how to receive Christ as Savior. Because here's the deal with people saying, I live the gospel in front of people. The problem is this. You're still a sinner. I'm still a sinner. We're saved by grace, but none of us are perfect, and none of us present a perfect example. And if we just act like we're high and holy and try and think we can live in such a way that people will just fall down and trust in Jesus because of our lifestyle, we are deluding ourselves because they just might not get the message from our lifestyle, and we need to open our lips and tell them. Paul's telling us that we need to, to share the gospel with people. Don't be scared to do it. Like I said, you're not responsible for them. You know, I've had plenty of people say no. I've had plenty of people push back. I've had plenty of people slam a door in my course of time in the ministry. I'm, I'm not responsible for that. They're responsible for that. All I can be responsible for is telling them the message of Jesus. And I'm just telling you this morning, that's one of the biggest problems the church has, is that there's not enough people telling other people about Jesus. And you want to know how I know it? Because if you were, you'd be showing up every now and then with somebody sitting beside you that you led to Jesus that week. And you not only led them to Jesus, you said, why don't you come and go to church with me? If there are more people leading more people to Jesus, our seats would be full. If there are more people leading more people to Jesus, you wouldn't have budgetary concerns or anything like that because you'd have an influx of people who love Jesus because Jesus has saved them by His grace. We're responsible to share the gospel message. And one reason is why, because there are people who are not sharing who should be sharing. Another reason why we ought to share the gospel is this. There are people who have been sent to share the message of salvation. He, he said, and how are they to preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful the feet of those who preach the good news. The word sent literally means set apart or sent out on a mission. That's where we get the idea of missionaries. They are, they are set apart, commissioned, sent out on a mission. And when those missionaries show up, at the opportune time to bring the gospel, to walk into somebody's life with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look what the word beautiful means, because you see, we get the idea of, of the word beautiful meaning that, oh, how attractive, you know? I, I don't, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm not a foot person. I'm not seeing many feet that I think, I, you know, man, that's a beautiful foot. See, that's not what it means. The, the, the word means belonging to the right hour or the right season. The root word means an hour. It's really talking about an appropriate time. That's why it's beautiful. When we commission missionaries and we send missionaries out, they can arrive there on the field and at an opportune time, at the appropriate time, they can bring the gospel of Jesus, hope to a dead person, life to a dead person, to where that missionary looks like. Man, that's beautiful feet. They brought the gospel to me. But our problem is still this. We assign it only to missionaries. Or we assign it only to pastors. 
And we think, well, a missionary is supposed to have opportune feet, beautiful feet, who walk into the lives of people at an opportune moment to share the gospel with them. Or a pastor is supposed to do that. But we miss the point that every Christian is to share the message of Christ. It's not just missionaries, and it's not just pastors. All of us who know Jesus are to share the good news, to announce good news, the gospel message, the same word we translate as evangelize. We're to evangelize people by sharing the good news with them. Paul quotes here from, from Isaiah 52.7. And in Isaiah 52.7, what was happening was this. There, there was a there, there was a herald who was proclaiming a message to the Jews. And the message being proclaimed to the Jews was, was this. You've been in bondage in Babylon, but now I'm going to set you free, and you're going to get to go back to your homeland. Which was a beautiful message to the Jews who had been in bondage. And that's why it alluded to beautiful feet. Such a great message. We've been in bondage, now we get to go back home. And that is a great message if you had been in bondage in a foreign land for years and years. But can I tell you of a more beautiful message that we have? We have a much more beautiful message because there are people in bondage to their sin. People who are in danger of being in eternal bondage, separated from God. And we can walk into their lives with the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. That Jesus died for their sin, paid for their sin, took his life back up. And that through faith in him, God makes you righteous just like you've never sinned. We can walk into their lives and you and I can have beautiful feet. As we invade the lives of people who need to hear the gospel message. You want to know the last reason why we ought to share the gospel message? This is really profound. Because we've got a message to share. So he said, verse 17, so faith comes from hearing. Hearing through the word of Christ. The NIV puts it like this, the message is heard through the word of Christ. We've got a message to proclaim. God became man. That man, Jesus Christ, lived a perfect sinless life. He willingly went to the cross and was nailed to the cross as our sacrifice and shed His blood for payment of our sins. And yes, they put him in a tomb, but he took his life back up on the third day to prove he had done exactly what he said he was going to do. So that through faith in him, we can have everlasting life. That's the message about Jesus that we have to proclaim. It's the greatest message in the world. And it's a privilege that we can have to have beautiful feet walking into the lives of other people. Here's the... The sequence of it, if you want the sequence of it. Messengers are sent. They declare the word. Sinners hear the word. Sinners believe the word. They call upon Christ. They are saved. And then those who are saved, guess what happens? They're sent out. You see the effect of what's supposed to happen? Someone hears the message. They're saved. After they hear the message, they go themselves and share the message. Will you think about what would have the biggest impact? What would have the biggest impact if only missionaries, no matter how many we have across the world, or only pastors 
share the message of Christ. Or if everyone who had received Christ as their Savior turned around and told somebody else about Jesus. And they in turn tell somebody else about Jesus. And they in turn tell somebody else about Jesus. Where's the bigger impact? I think it's when all of us understand that we're to have beautiful feet by sharing a gospel message with a lost and dying world. Paul tells us how to be saved there in Romans 10. And then he says, you need to go share that with somebody else. But then he closes out in verse 18 through 21 by by talking about the results of refusing the message of Christ. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time in this because our time's really, you know, gone this morning. But I want you to to look at these verses and I want you to get some pretty serious warnings, I I think. But Paul goes on, he writes these words, but I ask, have they not heard? Indeed, they have. And, And then he quotes out of Psalm 19 and he says their their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the earth but i asked did not israel understand for first moses says i will make you jealous of those who are not a nation with a foolish nation i will make you angry talking to the jews then isaiah so bold as to say i have been found by those who did not seek me talking about the gentiles I have shown myself to those who do not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, all day long, I've held up my hands to a disobedient and a contrary people. I want you to see three things real quickly, and then we're going to close. First one is this. If you say no to the message of Jesus, that's what the Jews did. That's what Israel did. If you refuse the message of Jesus, here's what happens to you. You're guilty of refusing to hear. And if you're guilty of refusing to hear, you're still in your sins. Because you've not received Christ as your Savior. He said, I ask, have they not heard? See, some people try and have the excuse, well, maybe they didn't hear. But that's why he quotes out of Psalm 19. And and he quotes verse 4, but I I want to read to you verse 1 through 4 for you to get the context of what he's saying. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words, whose voice is not heard. Their measuring line goes throughout all the earth, and their words to the end of the earth. Here's what Paul just said, quoting Psalm 19. Everybody's accountable because everybody has heard because you can look at creation and see the reality of a God. He even addressed this, Paul did in Romans chapter 1. Look what he said in Romans chapter 1. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. See, someone saying, I've not heard, they're not really being honest because if someone will just honestly look at creation, it screams out, there's a God. And if there's a God, a creator, that makes us accountable to that creator. So someone that refuses to hear, whether it be the message of creation or a message given to them by the lips of a believer, it leaves them guilty in their sin. Second result is this. 
you might just be replaced by those that are willing to hear. I'm not going to read the verse. I read it just a moment ago, but more or less what he says there is this. Moses had already warned the children of Israel. If you don't listen, I'm going to take it to somebody else. I'm going to take a nation, another people, and I'm going to make you angry with them because you think you're my people, but if you don't listen and you don't receive my message, guess what? I'm going to take it to somebody else. And he took it to the Gentiles, for which we ought to say, thank God. (laughs) But here's our application today, maybe for you. Because if you are someone that's been refusing to hear the gospel, refusing to believe in the message that God gives through Jesus Christ, here's the deal with that. You might be someone that would not believe. If you're not careful, you might very well become somebody that cannot believe because God made us decide, I've told you, I've gave you the message, I've given you the message, I'm leaving you alone. I'm taking it to somebody else. And that's a scary place to be in. For God to shut up and leave you alone and take the message to somebody else who will believe. The last result is something we might not expect. The the third result for failing to believe is God was yearning for Israel still to hear. And the reason I said you might not expect that, we in our human nature, when someone rejects us, we're pretty quick to say, man, I'm done with you, aren't we? I tried, I talked to you, and and you've just been rejecting me. I'm finished with you. But instead, here's what Paul said God did. But of Israel, he, he says... All day long. And you see, all, all day long doesn't mean a 24-hour period. All day long is talking about an age of time, a period of time. God continued, even though Israel said no, God continued to hold out His hands and hold out His hands and hold out His hands. You wonder why? He's yearning for them to believe. Now, what does that mean to us? You're talking about Israel. Here's what it means. The same God that is yearning for Israel to believe is yearning for you to believe. He's holding his hands out. He's standing with wide open arms. Longing, yearning for you to believe the message of Jesus. What we've talked about today is simply this. Sharing or refusing. Have you been sharing the message of Christ? If you know Him as His Savior, and there's no doubt in your mind that you know Him, that's great, that's cool, but can I ask you again, have you been sharing? Remember how I asked you to evaluate earlier in the service? When was the last time? Who was the last person that you told? Or maybe you're someone that's been refusing the message of Christ. That leaves you guilty before God. They leave you in danger of God saying, I've tried, you won't listen, I'm taking it to somebody else over here who will listen. But if you're here and God is still dealing with your heart, the truth of the matter is this right now, He stands with open hands, longing, wanting you. Right now, longing and yearning for you, right now to come to Him. There's a uh, professor of missions dr uh e myers uh harrison I, I think he's dead and gone uh now but he was a, a missionary himself and a professor of missions he said there's four reasons why the church needs to 
sent out missionaries. Number one is a command from above. In other words, God told us, go ye into all the world. We've got a command from God to go. Number two is the cry from beneath. Send him to my father's house. Remember the rich man in Lazarus? The rich man is there in hell begging for somebody to go tell his brothers because he don't want his brothers to come there in a place called Hades. The call from without is this. People saying, come over and help us. We need help. We need help with the gospel. We need help changing lives. We need help ministering to people. The fourth is the constraint from within. The love of Christ in our hearts should constrain us to where we support missions and send out missionaries. But as I've already told you in the message, it's not just about sending out missionaries. It's about you and I being missionaries. And we also have the command from above. We also have the cry from beneath. People die lost without Jesus and spend eternity in a place called hell. We also have this call from without, people needing help. And if you know Christ as your Savior, there ought to be something in your heart that just constrains you out of compassion and love to share the gospel with somebody else. Let's pray. Father, Thank you that someone shared a message with me and that I believe the message and that I read your word and I believe the word. And not because of me, but in spite of me, you saved me. Father, I thank you for other people who are here who right now can pray and thank you for the same thing and thank you for salvation. But Father, I, I also ask you to help us to search our hearts. And if we know you, but we've been failing to share about you, forgive us. Father, as we enter into this, this new year, God, I pray you give us more opportunities than ever before. And Father, I pray you help us to be obedient and you help us to understand it's more than just trying to live before people. We also have to open our lips and we have to share Your Word. We have to share the Gospel with people. God, empower us to do that. Make us obedient to do that. God, I pray You help everyone in this room this year to lead at least one person to Jesus Christ. But Father, I also pray for those that may be in this room that have never said yes to Jesus. And they push back and they refuse the message. Father, help them to see that leaves them guilty and accountable before you. Help them to see that there's a danger that you may quit dealing with their heart. God, help them to see that right now you stand with open arms and outreached hands yearning for them to come to you. Of course, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, for, for believers, I want to make the invitation pretty clear this morning, I hope. 
If you feel like you have sufficiently been sharing the gospel, stay where you are. If you feel like you've not been sharing the gospel like you should, and that's what I feel, Maybe join me as the song plays on my face asking God to help me do a better job. To help me be more faithful in sharing the message of Christ to others this year. And if you need Christ yourself, please come to where I am and let me know. I think it's a simple invitation. You, you, you think you're fine? The amount of gospel sharing you've been doing? Stay where you are. If not, maybe slip up here long enough to kneel and pray and say, God, help me to lead at least one person to Jesus this year. I invite you to stand. Thanks for listening to this sermon audio production from Day 3 Church. We pray that it has ministered to you. For more information about our location, service times, or other sermon podcasts, please visit us online at day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life.